Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may Maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Analyze Scripts. My name is Dr. Katrina Fury, and I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And today we are super excited because we also have Dr. Jesse Gold joining us to discuss season one of Yellow Jackets, the hit show on Showtime. Um, A couple episodes of season two have already started rolling out, but we're going to focus on season one today because there's a lot to talk about. Um, Before we welcome our guests, I just wanted to give a little bio. Um, I feel very strongly about reading people's full biographies, especially (laughs) women. So I'm going to read the whole thing, and I love it. Um, Jesse Gold is an assistant professor and the director of wellness, engagement, and outreach in the Department of Psychiatry at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. She's a nationally recognized expert on healthcare worker mental health and burnout, particularly during the pandemic, college mental health, using social media and media for mental health advocacy, and the overlap between pop culture and mental health, including celebrity self-disclosure. She works clinically as an outpatient psychiatrist and sees faculty, staff, hospital employees, and their dependents, particularly their college-age kids. Dr. Gold also writes for the popular press and has been featured in, among others, the New York Times, The Atlantic, InStyle, The Washington Post, Time, and Self. So, like, no big deal. She is on the Rare Beauty Mental Health Council and the Mental Health Storytelling Initiative and a co-author of the Mental Health Media Guide. 
um, which can be found at mentalhealthmediaguide.com. Dr. Gold is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania with a BA and a master's in anthropology, uh, the Yale School of Medicine, and completed her residency training in adult psychiatry at Stanford University, where she served as chief resident. Again, no big deal. Uh, her website is drjessiegold.com, and she can be found at drjessiegold, D-R-J-E-S-S-I-G-O-L-D, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jesse. This is so super cool. Um, Thanks for reading that thing. I was really hoping everybody <laughs> would get to hear that also. I know. I know. If you want to tell us your favorite color or, you know, your <laughs> deepest, darkest fears, we got all the time in the world. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of deepest, darkest fears, uh, this is probably one of mine, a uh, plane crash in the middle of the mountains of Canada in adolescence. I cannot imagine a more frightening, <laughs> terrifying experience. Um, and Portia here, we're learning that she likes more of like the lighthearted things. And I really like the dark and twisty, nasty things. Yeah. So I was like really worried for you. As I, <laughs> I was know watching. you gave me some, you were like episode, you know, six trigger warning this. And I was like, okay, I watched some <sighs> things on, you know, I skipped over a couple scenes. Yeah. But... I was like, you got to watch it in the day with the lights yeah. on, hold all your pets. It's a lot, right? Yeah, it didn't yeah. help my plane anxiety, but... Um, oh, yeah, I forgot you okay. have plane anxiety, too. <laughs> you got to take a beta blocker before yeah. you watch these. Yeah. Ooh, it's fine. Oh, geez, sorry about that. <laughs> it's a really interesting show in that, like, when you try to tell people about it, like, the one-liner <laughs> is just horrible. You're like, hey, you know, it's a really great show, I swear. It's about, like, teenagers who crash in an airplane and, like, may or may not become cannibals. And also, they, you see them as adults, too. And people are like, what did you do in your spare time? And I don't... <laughs> like like horror and like really dark stuff i like like psychological thrillers yes. don't bother me i like like i saw you guys did you like, yes shows like that, mm-hmm. that you kind of have boundaries on what it's going to show and you can choose not to watch some of the stuff and i think it's just such a fascinating portrayal of how one trauma affects so many people in a different way and then how you sort of simultaneously see the depiction of their backstories and their future stories and how they all weave in. And it's like at the beginning, the things you think are going to happen don't happen. Yeah, I think Vanessa, the goalie, um, I liked that we saw a little bit of her backstory with like, it seems like mom is an alcoholic. Um, She was kind of like a caregiver. And then, you know, the trauma of the plane crash. And Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. she was left in the plane, almost like died via fire and then comes out and is really mad at Jackie and Shauna for kind of like leaving her there. Um, So I think even that initial, it's like she had like a double trauma right at the crash scene, like the crash, and then had her friends leave yeah, her yeah. for dead, and then she survives. And then I think that, like, she does not like Jackie um, after Right, that. right, yeah. yeah. So Vanessa, again, to remind everyone, because there are a lot of characters, is the redhead mm-hmm. on the on the goalie team, yeah. and she's Ty's love they interest. Van. Mm-hmm. Van? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and Just I guess... so people know in case they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and even like you're saying, they are... We see those traumas like right back to back, but also we see her backstory of her mom mm-hmm. and how she's kind of been left by her mom yeah. in that way. And now here she is like strapped in a plane that's exploding or catching mm-hmm. fire. And now she's kind of left again, but somehow gets out. Um, whew, so I think maybe we'll start with a rundown <laughs> of the main characters. Sure. Probably just to like orient ourselves a bit. Um, so Jackie is on the team. She's kind of like the it girl. 
right? Like Mm -hmm. she's the pretty one. She's the popular one. She has the boyfriend. Um, And I thought she was the one we saw running naked through the woods originally, who they, you know, sacrifice sacrifice or or something, something, you know. Uh, Now I don't know. I don't know who anyone is anymore. And then Shauna, played by Melanie Linsky, um, is her best friend slash friend of me, maybe unclear. Um, she's the one who ended up having sex with her boyfriend, with Jackie's boyfriend, and getting pregnant. Oh my god! So In season the, one ends off right. She like she is still pregnant. She's still pregnant. Yeah. yeah. She, at, yeah. at some point, the trigger warning I gave you, Portia, was she yeah. tried to have like an abortion in the mm-hmm. woods. I thought that was really. Heart-wrenching? I, I can't even, like, find a word strong enough. What do you think, Joe? What did you think about all that? Oh, that part? Yeah, that oh, part. Getting, that little part. Well, like, starting with <laughs> yeah. Them. You know, I mean, I, I think I get it in a lot of oh. ways. If you don't have food and you are a kid anyway, like, what would have your choice been? Yeah. The choice in the, in the normal kind of setting, let alone right. the setting where you're starving, everyone else is starving, you know nothing about babies or how to have a baby, and you are a baby. And I mean, I get that reaction. And it's almost like you saw something on TV, and that's what Mm. you do. And so that's what you try to do. Like, that's what it felt like to me. This is what I saw be a thing. So I'm going to try it. And it's almost like just sort of the influence of... yeah restrictions and what people learn from that um but you know i mean it's heart-wrenching in a lot of ways it's also just shows like how scary it must be to be in that position as a kid like anyway let Mm -hmm. alone like after a plane crash Mm -hmm. in like the wilderness right i know i think it's just it's a lot of trauma and a lot of vulnerability and it like comes to a head a bit there but you know i mean i think it shows also how they support each other. Right. Yeah. And then introduce Taisa, but she's there. Right, yeah. exactly. And that um that dynamic between Taisa and Shauna, you know, I feel like again in in like their adolescence and now in adulthood as they're coming back together, just thinking like that they were there together through these awful, horrible things. And when Ty like really is showing up for her in that way, I just thought was like really really intense mm-hmm. um, yeah. and just really interesting way to see how the characters relationships develop over time. Um, and with, with Ty, like keeping that secret for as long as she could mm-hmm. um, like about the pregnancy and, and things like that. Um, so yeah. So Thais is another main character. Yeah. I was um, kind of shocked, I guess at the end, which I, I don't want to just skip all over her other scenes, but mm-hmm. like how it really did in fact impact her, like eating the dirt. Yes. Um, her sleepwalking, her her family um, situation, kind of like after the crash, her son, you know, mm-hmm. so we think is like the problem. Right, right. Um, or having some reaction to his his mom, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her like political run and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, trying to jump back into the media. And it seems like all the other characters are like, we planned and we promised that we wouldn't right. do this we were going to stay kind of under the radar and here you are doing like a senate run right um but i feel like i like her character a lot as um a teen i feel like she's really strong i just saw like a lot of resilience with her mm-hmm. through everything like mm-hmm. trying to go out and lead them to like find help mm-hmm. you know knowing mm-hmm. that it was probably like a death sentence but mm-hmm. she was going to risk it before the 
animal mm-hmm. attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then her relationship with Van is really sweet. Um, like, I feel like there's some sweet moments that come out with her and her family mm-hmm. and then with Van kind of back and forth, which is right. nice. Um, in, in kind of um, the whole conflict context. within the trauma and it being, you know, right. really terrifying. I don't feel like we got a lot of her backstory pre-crash. I don't think so. Did we hear a lot of, I don't think we really got a lot about. I remember about. correctly, her parents were kind of supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, they were there, they said bye. Like, it, what, there wasn't any thing that we saw that was particularly you know traumatic in in a natalie kind of way mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where you know i think some of the backstories are there to show that like sometimes the resilience comes from previous history mm-hmm. and previous mm-hmm. trauma, but uh, or like you know you never know what people are coming in with and right I think that that's important like you know we can have the same trauma affect everybody but like whatever your history is it might affect you differently 100 um, percent. and we see a lot of her family in the present day like with her wife and their son and i think um touching on her sexuality you know with van being a teen in the 90s on an all-girls soccer team how she was like very reluctant to be open at first and then got more comfortable um i thought that was an you know a really interesting Mm storyline too and how she again really showed up for shauna like when she really really needed her Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think with her character in particular all the snippets along the way of like you know she's running for politics, like for the for senate i think um state senate Mm -hmm. state senate and then um the stuff with her son. Like at first I thought like, oh, something's up with her son. And then as things unfolded, it was like, oh, she's the lady in the tree. He's not seeing that. Like I thought, oh, does he have some sort of like early onset psychosis or is he stressed or what's like his full story? Um, And then I thought the show's depiction of his evaluation with like the two-way mirror um, that was him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was really good, I think, overall. Like, I think the two-way mirrors and stuff, I don't know about at Wash U, like at Yale, we didn't have that. But I know at Duke, when I interviewed, they did stuff like that for family therapy. Um, so they, I know they do that. And I think um, it was actually a pretty good depiction of that. Um, and I always love when I see accurate and well-rounded and positive depictions of therapy in the media because so many times they are terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like you're concerned about your kid. You come together to figure it out. Like, it's important enough to you. You can see that, like, there's some tension about who it's more important to, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm sure comes out at Stanford. Um, When we learned outpatient, we even did it behind Mm -hmm. a TV beer. Mm -hmm. And then patients knew we'd, like, come out and talk to people and go back in. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's it's interesting from the family side to also have the family behind and giving feedback (laughs) where allowed because... You know, I think we don't, people tell their own stories and kids tell their own stories. And I yeah. think it helps to have like context or see even family reactions to things mm-hmm. when people are talking. But, you know, I think in a lot of ways too, like it wouldn't be surprising if their kid had issues and the mom was like, you know, there's all this data, even like, let's say extreme example comes to my head, like Holocaust parents, mm-hmm. like parents who survived the Holocaust. There's a lot of like restriction and limits and trauma exposed to the next generation as a 100%. result. And like, that doesn't surprise me if you had something like that, that like a kid could struggle 100%. in that setting either. Right? Right. Like it makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, so you're kind of like, okay, like, yeah. I'm not even- like, I get where that's coming. Like, it wasn't, like, surprising that the kid could be dark and struggling. 100%, right? Yeah. 
look what happened to the mom. Right. Like, of course, there's something there. And like, actually, oh. it still is the mom. Yeah. Yeah, we had a fellow Yale psych grad, Christine Arredondo, on a couple episodes back to talk about Encanto and like the inter, very different movie from this show, but a totally, totally regular segue, totally different vibe. But you know, talking about that like intergenerational trauma, like how the first trauma kind of trickles down in generations. At first, as we were watching Taisa and her family in present day, I was thinking, like, is that just like you're saying, Jesse, like, of, of course, he might have some stuff going on. And she's like running for Senate. And um, he comes from a home with two moms. It sounds like maybe he had switched schools. Now he's in public school. Like, there's a lot going on. I didn't see coming that it was going to be like Thaisa doing all these things, sleepwalking. But then as they connected that to what happened to her, like in the woods, sleepwalking. And, you know, when Van and her would like tie themselves together and she would like bite her and all these things, I was like, oh, oh, okay, now I see it. But it's really sad to see, you know, that kind of unraveling of her family. Um, The moment where she asked Simone um, to go stay with her mom and she was like really pleading with her, like, you know, you don't understand. I could really hurt you. Mm -hmm. That really broke my heart. Um, but I thought was like really genuine and yeah. authentic. And I don't even think she's aware of like everything mm-hmm. she's capable of. Like, I don't think she remembers that place in the basement mm-hmm. with like the right. dog yeah. head and yeah. and all the stuff, right? I would say like, I don't often see things like that with PTSD. Um, I feel like that's a very severe depiction of it. Um, I guess it could happen. Your trauma is just so severe. And it seems like they have not really talked about it with people because it's not safe to. Like, everyone wants something from them. They just want to know, like, did you eat each other? Right. And and it seems when we meet them in as adults, like, they're not really close. Like, I think some of them talk. Or I know that um, Thaisa had paid for Natalie's, like, rehabs. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like they're not, like, friends. Right. And they so desperately need to. I mean, Shauna finally tells her husband some of the details. Mm. And it's just like... Like, he has no idea. So, I mean, I think, gosh, like, it's not even like they processed at this all. at all. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like an extreme dissociation, I suppose. Um, you know, sleep does all sorts of weird things mm-hmm. with trauma and, like, safety and mm-hmm. not wanting to be asleep because you're not safe and right. all of that. So, I, I mean, I, I guess some of that is possible. There's, like, a mystical aspect of the show, too. But I think inherently like the not processing is going to be a reason for the dissociation like, right whether right the portrayal is like super extreme which it is like i've never had a patient like kill her dog but like right and create like a shrine i've also never had a patient who was like surviving in the wilderness and eating people so right i don't know what that like really does to someone like from a patient like mm. from having heard a story that was similar so mm-hmm. you know i guess it, it's definitely extreme but there's some elements of possibility in there right right sense and i think like i'm hoping at some point they show us that they forced them into therapy at least a little and that they all just didn't say anything because they didn't want to get in trouble right. for like probably what they thought was like a crime yeah. Right? yeah at some point they they like actually hunt people at you know and so yeah. at some point they kill people that's a crime so i know i sort of wonder like you know, if you find them, you're going to probably get them into some, like, you could, you, you would hope, right? He is, you know, 90, yeah, 90s. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, maybe that wasn't a thing and you wouldn't have forced them, but like, 
it seems weird you wouldn't have had them go to like one session or even in the hospital like I'm assuming that when they they were finally rescued they were you know all evaluated all taken to the hospital all given IV fluids and kind of checked out and also I would you know hope that there was a psychiatrist coming in and being like hey (laughs) but I just think like right like seems like you've had a lot going on tell me right but I would think like how do they trust anyone yeah right like I don't even know Um, I think it'd be really hard for any of them to do therapy. I feel like the one who I would think would maybe jump on is Misty, um, who I find. uh, I don't know. Well, I think she'd do it like for attention. Okay. You know, like I think she would like feeling connected to someone who wants to listen to her and cares about her. She's so funny. I just like I. She's one of my favorite characters. Both. Absolutely. Oh, she terrifies me. Yeah. I mean, A, I love Christina Ricci. Like, hello, Casper. Yeah. Hello, now and then. Like, I love anything. She, like, I want to watch her all the time. Um, But she, like, destroyed that box thing. Uh, the signal thing. She watches the rat in the pool or the mouse, you know, struggling. Just, yeah. That's pre-crash. So. I know, Portia. Yeah. What do you think, Jesse? Are you terrified or? I mean, I wonder <laughs> if anyone ever figures out she destroyed the box. Like, right? I'm never because they talked to her, right? Again. Like, I would, like they, people died because of her. So there's no way, right? They can't have. And, and I was confused about that folder thing that she has all the information in. In the woods. Oh. She keeps it in the trunk. She just, yeah, she, like, she like doesn't want them to be discovered. And wh- why do you have that? I don't know. It's because she's like popular there. Exactly. That's what I mean. She has like skills that people want there. Right. Like on the team, she's like the The water girl, manager, Mm -hmm. water girl person who's just there. Whereas like in the wilderness, she can like help. And I think like feeling needed and wanted is something important to her. Mm -hmm. Whether there's like some kind of actual like severe pathology there that's like dangerous is one thing. But I also think it's just like a desire to be liked and making mm-hmm. rash decisions as a result like including destroying the box because right. maybe she thought people would find them eventually and it would just give them a couple more days together or something like I doubt she was like I bet we're screwed forever now but I think she, in the moment she was like I like this mm-hmm. and yeah. I like being needed and like I'd like to keep being needed so let's just totally have that stay you know but then she like tries to poison the guy um, who loses his leg. Ben. I just think she might be a sociopath. <laughs> you know? She even... definitely is demonstrating some traits. <laughs> yeah. And, at, um, least, at least two. Yeah. At least two traits. <laughs> and then she kidnaps the, like, reporter lady and ties her up, right? Yeah. But and she's also really defending her own, right? So, like, it, it's, again, like, she's protective of her people and their story and what she, you know, so she's mm-hmm. the reporters kidnapped to help them in in her mind. I'm not saying it's like healthy, but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying that the decision to do that was like to protect her friends. Like she wants to protect Natalie. Oh yeah. Natalie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that she sees like where she's stronger in some aspects than they have been. And I mm-hmm. think like their story, she tries really hard to protect. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I think that there's like definitely some problems going on up there and like that she definitely kills kind of easily or like chops legs easily and things Mm -hmm. like that. Right. But in the same respect, like she has like a 
defensive people she cares about that's nice in like that mm-hmm. setting like yeah not that I'd want someone to kill for me but it's nice to know like if you needed it you could call her, her I guess right yeah. she really means that she'd be there right like I don't know yeah she's there through thick and thin yeah you know and in like the setting is so unusual right it's so like not a societal norm that it's like mm-hmm. it's interesting like who does mm-hmm. well in that setting right exactly doesn't. like right. jackie feels very normal teen and like right she has like a really hard time like yeah um she's popular in like a traditional high school setting but like not and in then the falls apart in the woods and misty is not popular in right. a high school setting and then kind of like really needed. really helpful and and shows up for people in the woods and obviously right. still does some questionable things but i think that's just interesting because like, right within our society like some of these people don't fit in and have right. like these antisocial traits but then it turns out it's this. really like useful yeah. when you're right. starving in the right. woods i do agree though that like the social hierarchy mm-hmm. of bending is interesting right and i think it's one of the things that makes it kind of like cool that it's that population of like yes girls because you're like teen girls are mean girls and there's bullying and there's reasons people are cool like they're dating the popular guy and they're pretty and they put out I don't know right these Mm -hmm. like things that are like admired as like characteristics in a person who's popular but then when they go to the wilderness that person has like zero skill set and actually annoys them right because Mm. because they can't do anything right like they're like this is you're obviously useless here. Like, we don't need a cheerleader. And, like, at times, like, that helps them, right, to have, like, the support and care. But, like, a team captain for a soccer team is not the same as a team captain for a soccer team that needs to survive, right? right. So, like, that upending, I think, is really cool. I think it's just, like... Of course, that she goes for Ben and then, you know, he turns out he's gay and he kind of like is so afraid of her. It seems like that he's yeah. like willing to, you know, go let to her the, pretend, the prom. Yeah, that they're in this like secret relationship or that, you know, like he plays into this, you know, fantasy. Well, yeah, of she did so chop off his leg. Yeah. Like, kill him. <laughs> like, poison him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it's the 90s. So you think about, again, both we see Ty and Ben. Um, with their sexuality and struggling, like how open to be. And again, maybe the wilderness when you're starving, like isn't the time to come out for Ben. Yeah. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. But I feel like for Ty, it's like safe and protected. Yeah. Like, like, they're all together and like she wants to be loved by someone mm-hmm. and like loving someone is protective against all of the bad right. stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I think that that story, like the Van and Ty thing is sort of like, really bad things happen, but you can still You're have together. a dance with somebody. Like, yeah. and, you know, like emotions are weird and mixed and don't all have to be bad at once. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes you need those like little moments of wind to mm-hmm. like keep going. Right. And I don't know. I think that like for them, it was like, whatever. Like <laughs> we're stuck here and we love each other. And might as well. if this is the last time we see each other, like we might as well. And I think it was safe. Like right. oh, a lot of that stuff ends up being kind of like a safe place them yeah and again it's interesting how they depict that being a safe place and like a really sweet storyline and theme to carry through when there's so little sweet storylines right Um, but then for ben the coach how it didn't feel safe for a really long time until it kind of felt like he had no other choice Mm. and he discloses to natalie which mm -hmm. i think um they have a nice bond i thought yeah 
Um, yeah, I wonder if it's just like in a way, like who's the assistant coach too, right? Like, I think I, so. I think it's like he was like left to take care of all of them, and he's not that old, like, right? I know. He's probably like still, nineteen you know, or something. Just graduated college or still in college, kind of age. Like he's not supposed to be the one yeah. helping people survive yeah. while he's barely surviving himself. I can't imagine yeah. how much pain that would be, right? <laughs> So, yeah, I think we want to talk about Natalie um, and her character. There's a lot to talk about with her. First, um, how did her hair stay blonde in the wilderness for 19 months? It starts to grow out, I think, towards the uh, end, end, end <laughs> like of season one. It's like this much. I thought about that, too. Yeah, there were yeah. some things like that. Um, I don't think Van would have survived that wolf attack. Like, she totally, unfortunately, would have gotten septic, I think. Right? Uh, there's just some plot holes, we'll call them, but you know, we can have some creative there's license. Also, like fantasy in it. Yeah, yeah, I would like that fantasy. Like, right? I on. don't think it, they were like thinking so much about the hair, or I don't know. I mean, Lottie's off medicine. I like, know the loxapin decision about what that is. I mean, I haven't talked about Lottie, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Nat's backstory is the most interesting. Mm. I think Natalie probably copes in the way most people don't think they will, but will. Right. I totally agree. Using alcohol, being aggressive, like using drugs, like mm. not really wanting connection because they go away. Right. Like it's a it's a really common mm-hmm. reaction though like most people i think would be like well of course they won't turn to that like mm-hmm. that's not me but like it is if it makes the feelings go away yeah i mean safe yeah. yeah i mean look at covid and how high the alcohol rates went up you know yeah. mm-hmm. this this totally happens um yeah natalie was a really fascinating character i think all around and she just got more and more complex I think, like as the um, yeah. as the season went on, almost to me the most like typical reaction. Like, mm-hmm. not I feel like I wasn't surprised about how she was handling things at all after, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the her you know teen prior crash traumas and then obviously the crash. But mm-hmm. I was kind of interested to see where she learned how to shoot the gun, right? Mm-hmm. So then it kind of flashes forward to her and her dad um, who seems abusive and then she like is pointing the gun at him and like clicks the trigger and <sighs> I, I was like wow I mean that's like he must be very abusive yeah I mean, that's you know a pretty pretty far um place to go and then it doesn't go and I'm like now he knows that you are gonna shoot him and, and then we see how abusive oh he is gosh. that he's so insulting and oh, yeah and then he uh, falls problem. and shoots his head. And I was like, wow, oh. that is traumatic to see. Like, yeah. gory yeah. and wow. Yeah. 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 Trauma. And yeah. I also think it's like the thing she doesn't tell. I'm sure none of them know that. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it would be shocking to me. They probably know her dad's dead. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But, and like, that's it. Like, I doubt any of them know that. They just are like, oh, she knows how to shoot a gun because they like went hunting or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think. Maybe that guy who's like, he's a cop now. Maybe he mm. knew because mm. he was there and kind of had more of a relationship with her. Right. But like, I don't know that she would have told any of the people in the wilderness. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, hey, a soccer team talk is not like that, probably. Like, I don't know. I was surprised she was on the soccer team, I have to say. Yeah, like she's edgy for it. Well, she's yeah. actually good, right? Like, I think that 
that could be part of it. Yeah. You know, like she actually was like decent at the game. And so yeah. it wasn't maybe for her about like the stuff that comes with it as much as like she actually liked the sport, mm-hmm. you know? And it's probably a great way to like get out some aggression. You know, as a teenage girl going through like that and probably so much more at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she was like at the soccer game with that guy from high school and his kid and she was like telling him like, you do this move and you do that move. And then he won. I thought that was like yeah. really sweet. Um, but I wasn't surprised that she didn't sort of continue with that connection. I think, like you said, Jesse, like connections and closeness feel really scary to her. So I think she's someone who I think craves it, but avoids it. Um, given like everything she's, she's gone through. Um, and I really am interested to continue seeing and learning more about her relationship with Travis, um, you know, when they're in the woods and then what happens, mm-hmm. like when they all get back. Yeah. Cause that was just also like a, f- another person leaving, right. When he's like, we think, um, killed, you know, or the police don't think so, but we think so that mm-hmm. he was murdered. Um, like that's another huge loss for her. Oh, 100%. Um, and she has this feeling mm-hmm. like that he wouldn't commit suicide. Yeah. Um, and then we get into that symbol. Um, and I think that kind of brings us also into talking about Lottie, who was like a surprise big deal at the end. Like I was really fascinated at the beginning when they showed that she was on a typical antipsychotic. And I was like, oh no, what is going to happen to her in the wilderness without this? Like, this is not good. And then when she started having these like visions and stuff, it was really interesting to me how, you know, how do you frame it? Is it more mystical or is it psychosis? And it's interesting to see how the whole team reacts to it while they're all under duress and desperate for some sort of leader and some help. And on mushrooms. You know, well, that's when yeah, she kind of yeah, yeah. becomes this lead, like, you know, this leader in this, you know, attempt to sacrifice, kill the... Travis. Uh, yeah. 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 And who yeah, get- I mean, I think it's like <laughs> when people ask us, like, if cult leaders have mental illness, right? And I think, like, probably there are some people that do and some people that don't. And mm-hmm. people who follow cults are not necessarily psychotic either. And I, but I think that there's this, like, gray line. line. Yeah. That's, like, very blurry mm-hmm. with that stuff where, like, diagnostically, they don't necessarily have that or they have more insight than we would consider someone with psychosis having or something. Mm-hmm. But There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It kind of shows that, like, blurred line 
right cults and cult leaders and like psychosis that I think is super interesting Mm -hmm. and like this desire for something bigger than them like almost like religion right yeah it's also where cult (laughs) comes in which is like I need to believe in something to like keep going and Mm -hmm. like the thing that they're starting to believe in is like the power of nature and the the Mm -hmm. relationship with nature and nature saving them and like what Lottie can do is because she can talk to animals like whatever it is Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of like I need to have a higher power the higher power just happens to be based in this Mm-hmm. world of someone who might not be in touch with reality but like I also don't think that they know that like right think that they're like I bet Lottie's off her meds like, right 100 percent that right so no I thought that's a secret right and so she can she just like oops, ran out yeah <laughs> nbd no yeah that's right and yeah. Then nobody's like hmm doesn't she take medication like right. maybe we should listen to her which i think would happen in the real like as bad as that is right like in sort of stigmatizing to sort of like assume that that person is having some sort of mental illness related thing i think that in the world if someone knew you were on antipsychotics and then were in the wilderness and not on antipsychotics they'd say hmm. like, where's that coming from like right is it from her head and right should be you scared and worried about her as opposed to like following her and right that saying is true but they just wanted something to believe in i, think. I know and, and so i think I it just totally speaks to right like how desperate they are just like you're saying um and, and cam is one of the first one i'm sorry not cam van yes is one of the first ones to really like um take an interest in it and kind of also want the seance and then when they're back like she just kind of wants to pray over their meal mm-hmm. um and i think it's interesting that like Thaisa is really opposed to it like mm-hmm. does it then kind of for Van but um even with just their backgrounds and this is really like making big assumptions here but like based on Van's backstory I feel like it's less surprising that she like really needs something mm-hmm. to kind of like anchor her and ground her and Thaisa is like more able to at at this point kind of have like an inner yeah 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 um but then she does it for van which is sweet but i think that's interesting van also survived in multiple times she shouldn't oh yes yes when that happens people get weird they do i I don't know like people turn to like weird mystical stuff or like there Mm. must be some reason i'm alive right and yeah right like the laws of probability become magical and mystical i see this even with people with like I want to say run of the mill PTSD, like not related to something super severe like the Holocaust or a plane crash like this, but someone who's maybe had like complex childhood dynamics, maybe a parent with an addiction, they're in an abusive relationship and they got a car accident or something, you know, like just sort of like a series of things um, and they keep surviving or they don't. And it does start to feel like it has this like, like you're saying, mystical or religious meaning to it. I think that's part of, you know, the way humans try to process trauma and things that are like hard to Mm -hmm. make sense of, especially when so many of them happen to you. You start to think like, well, I must be cursed or there must be someone looking out or something like that does make a lot of sense. Look for a meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you were saying at the beginning too, like she almost like was in the plane when the plane was on fire too, right? So like in a lot of ways, like there are a lot of things with fire for her. I yeah. think there are a lot of things with like animals. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. also goes with like the symbolism of what Lottie's like. Lottie's 100%. Ideas, 
very much prey on the things that she survived to. So it doesn't surprise me that she would be probably the most vulnerable to it. The other person being Laura Lee. Yes. Oh, Laura Lee. And so like, you know, the religious person also wants to believe in stuff. It might be different stuff, but she doesn't like say anything weird about the experience of you know what Lottie's talking about because she's like believes in religion pretty strongly herself so Mm -hmm. I don't know I think it to me it's like a logical person to be most convinced when yes and from like crazy stuff multiple times and like someone stitching her face in your house and I know she's got like barely a scar am I here also I am so Mm -hmm. like but next, and we know from like season two spoilers that someone was cast as older Van, mm-hmm. so we know Van makes it. Mm. So I think that like that's also important. Right. There were there were a couple people near the end who we found out made it that I didn't think yeah. would have, yeah. right? Like the whole season I thought it was like this core group of like four mm-hmm. or five girls, and then we learn like, oh no, more of them. Yeah, I think do it's like make the last it. scene they see I see them calling a couple more um survivors and I was yeah like, wow okay oh, season no, two no, like no. here we go yeah and mm-hmm. also you guys are mentioning like they separate like they something happens where they don't want to be around each other anymore mm-hmm. right? and like Thais and Van clearly break up right mm-hmm. but so I think that it's not surprising we don't see them all in the same stuff and that right. the core group was kind of a core group during mm-hmm, the time anyway mm-hmm. they're kind of clicky a little they were like friends before mm-hmm, they supported mm-hmm. each other through it they pull in some others but like mm-hmm. some of the other ones like they're like there and big in the wilderness and maybe just not otherwise I don't right know. right yeah, yeah. and I, I wonder in season two if we'll see more and more of those other girls mm-hmm. i know we see more of lottie um who's Giving me like teal swan vibes. We'll talk about it more next time. Have you watched that yet, Portia? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. Have you seen teal. that, Jesse? Oh yeah, you know, oh, the yeah. first episode. Uh, or the teal swan documentary. Oh no, I don't think so. Oh, you gotta watch it. You'll love it. Who? What cult is that? It's hers. She's called Teal Just Swan. Called that okay? It's yeah. on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I had a patient way back in the day like come to a session in distress because they had a sibling who was like getting all involved in it. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And then fast forward, like last year, there was this documentary out and I was like, but it's very similar to this dynamic. And it, you know, you can see how, um, I mean, not to spoil the documentary for you, but I, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Basically Teal Swan like hires this private investigator who is a very nice elderly woman interesting choice for a private investigator to like follow them around and investigate and prove they're not a cult and like it turns out her findings are that they are indeed a cult and then you see all of teal swan's rage and all these reactions and just so many interesting dynamics it just reminds me a lot of what we might see in season two it reminds me of the show also on hulu with nicole kidman based on that big little line or um, um, nine perfect Perfect strangers it's very similar to that like a cult leader they're all on shrooms too which Mm -hmm. is also relevant to this yeah yes yeah which is like the weird mystical aspect right shrooms mixed with psychosis Mm -hmm. mixed with not sleeping and not eating and not having normal body temperature regulation right all of it 
stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's like a permanent state of mania. Right. Makes <laughs> yeah. And again, I think in the Teal Swan documentary, which is reminding me of this show, you do see like certain types of people are more vulnerable to these types of people like Lottie or like that influence like we're talking about. And I feel like in the show, showing that it was Van and Laura Lee really tracks you know, like I think in, in the real world. And it's interesting to me how Natalie is so against it. And it again, right, like AA and a lot of the treatment we sort of recommend for addiction also has this uh, reliance on a higher power. And I wonder how Natalie feels about that. Probably not great is my assumption. I mean, you kind of see that right at the beginning. Yeah. It's almost like she's going through the motions to get out of there. Exactly. And like, you know, she w- wasn't using or whatever, but she's kind of feels like to me, the kind of patient that would go once and be like, this stuff's ridiculous. Right. And also figure out a way to quit themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, that has enough internal whatever where you're like, you did what? And mm-hmm. they're like, completely cold turkey it and mm-hmm. was fine. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I like see that, but mm-hmm. I also could see like that probably AA and even group therapy in general might feel like that to her. Right. Especially of, after this whole experience. And because like, you know, the biggest complaint people have with AA is like the higher power part. A hundred percent. People are always like, it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing. Like it can be whatever a higher power is for you to like try to mm-hmm. not scare people away and there's so much evidence that it works and it's helpful for people but I also think like peer support and group support is not going to work in a group that like had to survive like that and doesn't Mm -hmm. trust anybody like I think like ultimately the normalization of the experience etc would be helpful but unless the group is them I can't right, right. imagine that you go to a, like, what? Like, you go to a group like that mm-hmm. and you're like, well, like, you know, I survived a plane crash. Everyone stares at you. Then you're mm-hmm. like, I lived there for however many months. 19 months. Yeah, I lived there for 19 months. They're so like, well, what did you do? And then. Well, we had to like, like, yeah. Curiosity. And, mm-hmm. like, like voyeurism. Support. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this voyeuristic interest in like what happened and why. And that's why journalists are in- interested too. But it's not in like healing them. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people think therapists do that too, right? Like mm-hmm. where your story is so unique and like mm-hmm. original that like when you're telling your therapist, like people watch the reaction and right. if the reaction or the questions feel like you're like, wait, what? Like what like tell me more about that in a way that feels incredulous or mm-hmm. feels like you're you're asking for education on it. Mm-hmm. Like people don't want to go back to therapy either. Right. Because like they feel like they're telling their story in the mm-hmm. way that you said maybe Miss Misty would like it, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the attention <laughs> for the interest, not for support. And I think right. it would be hard to find some. I mean, there are therapists who like specialize in cults and things like that, but who knows what they did back then. Right. But I do think that it would be hard to find somebody like in a support group with like people who are there doing other stuff to right. feel support in that sense, because it also ends up like Grief Olympics saying, yeah, I'm not going to beat the person <laughs> Well, for 19 months. You're just like, you're just not. Right. And so it makes it a weird dynamic for a group where the group's then like, can I talk about how I'm fighting with my husband? And like, of course you can, mm-hmm. because your trauma is your trauma and is valid and your feelings are valid, right? But like, if you're that person who turned to substances to hide how ashamed they were to begin with, and then the person next to you is like, I survived 19 months in the wilderness, you'd be like, hmm. 
I'm out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. You know, like, I don't think I would be able to be like, school's hard. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't like med school. I don't like this and things that have really like stressed me out in my life next to someone. Like, like it's just really impossible. And right. It's not their fault. Right. It's right. Human nature to sort of like compare in that sense. And it, it would make for a weird group. <laughs> it would. Right. Like you said, like, I feel like the group would have to be them and like an expert therapist. I said like, you know, skilled if they're going to see someone. I feel like skilled's not even the right word. Like, like it needs you, to be someone who's like this, not reactive, you know, like, okay. Mm-hmm. So what emotion was that? It or, not like, oh, and then what happened? Mm-hmm, yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's like, I think anything you could say could be very easy. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Even if you're just like trying to support them and I'm more animated as a human, I didn't like go to psychoanalytic school of thinking and I self-disclose and stuff like that so for me like I wouldn't necessarily be doing that because I wanted more interestingly but I think it could come off like that mm-hmm. or, or I would do the opposite which is try really 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 hard mm-hmm. not to and, and that, then mm-hmm. it would come off like I was like flat or something yeah, yeah not interested or what they were saying wasn't important or something mm-hmm. like I, I don't know that I could handle the middle ground as well mm-hmm. and I think like People probably don't realize that we can say that about certain. Mm-hmm. It's why we don't see certain patients and why we mm-hmm. like certain things because, mm-hmm. like, I can see like what it would be like to tell someone from the other side that stuff. And if I don't feel like I can handle that appropriately, like, you shouldn't waste your story on me. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It's really important. Been, like, it would scare them away from therapy. Like, right? I, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine that there's a safe place to land for most people in those circumstances and probably a lot of them the place that they land if they do get care is not the right one Mm -hmm. and then then what like I know they don't want to get help again and then it's all weirdly repressed and coming out and killing rabbits and stuff Mm -hmm. right and so I think I think it's it's a mental health like we're not perfect at what we Mm -hmm. do but Mm -hmm. I think like when you come in with stigma and beliefs about like what it's going to be like and then we like eat into it because that's not great already in your head or whatever Mm -hmm. I think it just makes it worse so Mm -hmm. I'm hoping they show a lot of that stuff I am too I am too I don't know that they will but I that that stuff like at least for me is like super fascinating which Mm -hmm. is like how the heck do you get back to life at all when you have that happen and like they, like, what does that look like for someone? Right. And I really hope they get into that because, like, it's a weird time frame. Like, it's not the time frames they're showing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so in between. But, but I hope they do because, at least from a psych perspective, like, that's super interesting to me. Right. Because, like, I don't even know what I would do right. personally or as a psychiatrist in that situation. Right. I totally agree. I really yeah. hope we do see some of that because they are at least, you know, like, Ty, Shauna, Misty, um, Lottie, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Uh, Van, Natalie, should. they're all functioning in different ways, and it's like how, like how, how. Shauna seems like, um, and I wrote this as a question mark. I don't know if it if it was true. Was she at the first episode? Um, in her better in her daughter's bedroom, masturbating to her daughter's boyfriend's picture. Yeah. I blocked so that. So I out. think that she feels very like <sighs> um, stuck in her teen. Right, she came back and married her, you know, best friend's boyfriend who she had been, you know, hooking up with. She 
like is attracted to this There's young boy. And yeah, I well, know, yeah, does I the know. baby survive? I don't think that baby is her daughter because the it's ages don't match baby. up. Yeah. But like, what happened? I know. Well, like she marries the guy, no matter what that trauma was, right? Right. So you said, we talked about at the beginning, like her wanting to get rid of it, but like on top of it, like maybe it doesn't survive. Maybe it does. Who knows? But like what happens with that conversation that leads you to stay with the person too, right. is super interesting. Like yeah. your babies, like as a person too. And then yeah. the whole, yeah. I, she, she feels like we always say like people are struck, stuck when like their trauma happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, right? Yeah. Like she feels like that, like definitely evolved beyond that. Like even beyond the weird, like daughter's boyfriend thing when she's dating Adam, the things that she's doing are like rebellious, yeah. right? Jumping off a cliff, like having a beer at a party R- in the parking lot of a gas out. station. Like, you know? like she's really excited about it. And it feels so exciting and new and whatever, because like she never she got to do it. A normal childhood and teenage years. So she does feel to me like very stuck in that. But at the same time, like my role is to be mom and housewife. And so I shall make dinner and like kind of go through the motions. But but then I'm going to feed you all rabbit stew. Yeah, you know? but at the same time, like I'm very much the same age as my daughter, which is why my daughter doesn't buy my stuff. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like my daughter doesn't think that I should be able to mother her because I can't. Yeah. I will say it was touching when Sean is talking to Jeff and they're all coming clean to each other. And she realizes that he knew this stuff all along and she like he stayed. Mm. I just thought that was like really touching and really spoke to however dysfunctional their relationship is. I think anyone who goes through a trauma, huge, small, medium, what whatever size, however you want to quantify it, just wants to feel like held and accepted and not like shunned. You know, I think we were talking, you were sort of touching on that, Jesse, about like, how would they ever function in group therapy with this being their trauma? Um, That, I don't know, I thought that was really, that was a really sweet moment that she felt like he knew all this about her and yet he didn't run away. Um, It's very different than Thaisa's relationship. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's somebody different that she met later in life. Mm -hmm. We don't know a lot about that part, but my guess is like, she doesn't know as much as she should. Because when stuff starts to come up, it's really, really scary to her, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, remember when you used to do that? You're doing that again, like, mm-hmm. or something like, no, like that would feel like she told her any of that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like their relationship was built on like that didn't happen. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, there's some component of the Sean and Jeff thing that was like, we were bonded long before we are bonded by this stuff. We're bonded by Jack. I know the whole like birthday didn't lunch thing yeah, with her parents. parents. Like we're bonded by Jackie. I don't know. And so I think maybe she thought he knew some stuff, but not as much, but they didn't really talk about it. But the unspoken stuff was like enough to help that relationship sort of survive where like Thaisa's is like just never, mm-hmm. like with never discussed or something. So yeah. it's like a very different Right. Right. And as we're talking, I'm just thinking like Jeff was probably traumatized too. Like he was like still in school, but like he probably has his own stuff mm-hmm. that we haven't even seen. Maybe we will someday, but um, be curious oh, to there's hear. There's no way he doesn't. Like, first have some. Of all, they have to at some point basically throw them funerals. 19 months? 
Like if sometimes you say we lost the plane, like they're not coming home. Uh, yeah. So like, don't you think that like at some point somebody calls it and they yeah. Like, some kind of ritual for them. Like, right. I just can't imagine that they don't. Right. Even and like as a school wide memorial or something. Right. They have to have something. And I'm Ugh. sure the school's like, a, like not a good situation to be in, let alone like when you date two of the people that are there. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, he was like a, such a kid. Right. I and know. so, yeah, there's no way that he, that was like fine for the people at home. And like, it makes you wonder, like, is he supporting Jackie's parents while also in love with Shauna mm-hmm. and then not able to say that because it's were they even in love or did they just bone him and Shauna right know. you know like they were like teenagers it, it's you know yeah. stay tuned but yeah I mean, it is complicated Jesse yeah, <laughs> right no not at all all of them oh my gosh and then like the whole twist the show takes with like is Adam somehow involved and, you know, like manipulating Shauna. I was like, yep, yes, he is. I knew it. And then I was like, oh, turns out he is not. (laughs) Turns out that was a red herring, you know. Um, And now when Natalie gets kidnapped at the end, I was like, what is going on? Where did this show go? Mm -hmm. Um, It just really took a turn. Yeah. I need to watch season one or season two, episode one, like after this. (laughs) Really it, 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 it gets dark quick. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, some of that is like this, like, it, impermanence of safety or something, mm. like, where no matter who's in their life, even if they're happy, it's hard to be happy. So mm-hmm. technically, Shana was happy with Adam, but, like, the second she thought there was something bad about mm. what he was doing or he was hurting her, it was like, completely 180 into like being bad and dangerous and no we can't I have to protect myself yeah and I think that that again I mean was like very much a trauma reaction mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like uh, and it, as is the rest of dealing with Adam afterwards. And so, yeah. like, you know. Call your girls. And Let's Misty's just job. Him. Like, I just yes. think so, so much is so interesting. Like, and how she seems to be, you know, taking medications regularly um, from where she works. It seems like it's assisted living. And it living. also tracks, though, that she would be a, a PCA but not rise to a higher level. I think just with her personality type, like, without the crash. I think that tracks and then add in the crash. Uh, right? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think she's just doing a job to do a job. And she likes that people are dependent on yes. her. Yes. And yeah. she's like powerful they there. They need her for meds mm-hmm. and they need her for, and she can like make them in pain and not in pain. Like it's yes. power in it. And like also lack a of meekness. accountability in yes. a lot of those situations, yes. right? Where like, older people sometimes don't have support. And so like Mm. you're in this situation where you kind of have more power than you should Mm -hmm. um, because like there's not enough accountability in those places. And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. She found her way to a place like that um, at all. I, and yeah, is I this like expert online of like um, oh my detective, God. like the detective yeah, sleuthing just, like, and her that. birds? Yeah, I forget the bird's name, but it was great. Yeah. Oh gosh. All so right. what do we? So you have started season two, um, but 
not really, I guess, talking about what you've seen, but what do you want from season two? Like, where do you want to see it go? What are you interested to see happen? What do you want more of? I don't know. So, like, you're watching a show about cannibals. So, at some point, you wonder where that comes from and what happens to change that and how they get there. Mm -hmm. At some point, you wonder who the person they're chasing is. Yes. You know, at the end we of the first season, we also know somebody prominent dies. So, like, you're also curious how they all react around that. And so I think you want to know that. I think you want to know, you know, like, I don't know that I want to watch. Can Like, it's so weird because <laughs> it's like you're watching a show where you know that's the premise. But it's like, do you really want to watch that? And it's like not really. It's super uncomfortable to mm. think about. But like, you do want to know how they get there and what happens. I know. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think that that is something I'm interested in psychologically. I think that, uh, you know, how they get home and stuff like that, I hope we see eventually, but I would assume it's not this season if because they already renewed for three. So like at some point, at some point, they're not going to do that, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like, you know, rescuing seems very end of show to me Mm -hmm. or like close to end of show. So um, you know, how that happens. We could have a whole season with them trying to do group therapy. Yeah. I think it could go on forever. It could. Yeah. I think it's going to take like a darker mystical turn, Mm. you know, in like Travis's murder, but I would like to see season three just devoted to therapy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, from a mental health perspective, (laughs) there's a lot they could do if they wanted. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you would, you hope that some of it's there because for me watching, I'm like, I think it's really helpful for people to feel seen by mm-hmm. these like different characters and their mm-hmm. different reactions to the same thing because we all have mm-hmm. that no matter what right. that same thing is like families reacting to family trauma right like, all of us reacting to COVID like whatever it is like we all right. react differently and I think it helps that like the portrayals of PTSD are not just like the same sexual assault and military mm-hmm. and flashbacks and hypervigilance and there's more to it and mm-hmm. that helps people go like oh maybe that's what I'm dealing with but right. at the same time from like our side of things like it'd be really nice if someone actually got treatment and, yeah. and yeah. you know the very dysfunctional and that's part of it but like maybe one of the people on the team isn't maybe right? Van like, we, don't know who, we, don't know. we don't know what Van's doing we don't yeah. know if there's anybody else, right? Like, right. Be. So like, where's the coach? Like there's these people that you wonder right. where mm. some of these people are and you're like, did somebody get help? And like, are they, can they model that? Like yeah. that would have been a way to come back from this. Right. Right. Like, a healthy way. Right away. Cause I think people get super scared about trauma therapy. Like mm-hmm. I can't relive that whole thing. I just got out of there. Like, right. You absolutely can't make me keep saying that over and over. Like they don't want to go to trauma therapy for mm-hmm. that reason. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's also important as like a resistance thing to talk about, but you'd hope that like from our side of things, like somewhere they at least discuss why they didn't or right, mm-hmm, right, right. say like what was going on with people right. from resistance side and why that's valid or that sort of thing. I right. I would love to so see that when you watch TV as a second. I know. I know it's so true. It's so true. Um, Yeah. And I also think it's important to put out there that there are forms of trauma therapy where you don't have to rehash the event over and over and over and over. I think you're spot on. A lot of people are really scared um, to come to therapy because they think that's what they're going to be expected to do. Um, And a lot of times as people are kind of getting more comfortable in therapy, I try to gently 
talk about how they are reliving it over and over and over just when they're not wanting to. And somehow that's how the therapy can help. But just to put it out there, we don't always have to like go through your trauma narrative every time. Um, Wow. Jesse, you know, I don't know if I should thank you for having us watch this show. I mean, it's very dark, but it's really enjoyable. Like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, this is the most mental health interesting show I've watched in a while. And for better or worse, right? Mm. Like, there's always good and bad things. And there's always things that could be better. And, you know, I'd love people to consult people more so that they were. I know. And and we are a a lot of things based in lived experience. And I get it. And we have that same conflict all the time on social media. Mm-hmm. So, again, we are so grateful that you spent your time with us today talking about the show. I agree. It was really, it was a good watch. Mm-hmm. Like I like inhaled it. Excellent acting. Excellent. You know, excellent cast. Um, yeah, like there really isn't a better cast, which is also mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Which is like they did this thing where they're like pulling on your own nostalgia. Like, yes, Christina Richard. Yes. We're just amazing. Yeah. And then on top of it, they look exactly I like know. I know. So the casting was sick. Like, yeah, there's not a lot. Of, sometimes you're like, I mean, I see it for like the younger son, yeah. but like you're like, oh, and they like practice mimicking each other's behaviors Perfect. and think about what would be different in the future versus now. And it's like they do that part is like phenomenal. Yeah. Wouldn't you they love more awards for that? Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just thinking like I want to be involved in that. Like if anyone wants to consult us for season two or three, like give us a call or I guess DM or whatever the kids do these days. Yeah, um, phenomenal. Do something. But just do reach, send me a carrier pigeon or a smoke <laughs> signal. Like, here you go. Um, well, thank you so much, Jesse. Again, we so appreciate your time. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. I look forward to coming back to talk. Yeah. About- oh my God, please. We would love that. Yeah, season two. Steady quick on the intensity if anyone who's listening has already started yeah i know seriously we would love to have you back we would love to have have you be like our yellow jackets field correspondent you know (laughs) it's cool to know Mm -hmm. that there's other psychiatrists and mental health professionals out there who share our love of you know the media and wanting to just put out factual info Mm -hmm. based on these depictions you know good and bad yeah well, thanks again, and make sure that you also follow Jesse on um, Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Jesse Dr. Gold. Jesse. Yep. Dr. And Jesse then follow Gold. us at Analyze Scripts. Mm-hmm. I think we have a TikTok now. Yeah, we do. As of yesterday. Do. All right. Well, thank you, and thanks for tuning in. And, and we'll see you next Monday. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyze Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.